Hello, Rundown Nation. Welcome to the College Football Rundown. I'm Woj. And I'm Walt. And welcome to week two, Walt, of the 2021 season. We're back in the grind here. Excited. Uh, this week's games aren't quite as exciting, though, as last week's, Walt. That was one hell of a week, wasn't it? That was one hell of a week. I mean, this week's games are exciting, Woj, in their own right. But last week, opening day, I mean, we got some bangers, Woj. We got some bangers. Yeah, it was pretty cool to watch. Uh, it was fun watching with all the guys, too. It was it was just a good weekend. Good weekend for college football. I'm glad they did that. And in the next few weeks, there are some really awesome marquee games coming up, which is pretty cool. Uh, last week, DraftKings League. Wall, you won the first koozie. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks, Woj. Thank you. Hey, I say we just we get a recording of that. Hey, Wall, you won the league that, that week, and then we'll just – Slot it in with our audio every week because I'm pretty sure that's how it's going to go every week. Coach. All right, well, settle down there. Settle down there. You did good, though. 172.36 points, uh, which was quite dominant, I should say, within what, who played. Thank you, Rooks. Thank you. Uh, so that that's back-to-back technically because you did win the practice week wall. You, uh, Desmond Ritter was kind of your guy this week, 35.9 points. And then the big one for you was Bijan Robinson, the the Texas running back Longhorn went big uh, on uh, Saturday night, Saturday wall, uh, 36.6 points. Uh, he racked up, which was pretty awesome to uh, see Texas uh, getting back to be John Robinson there in the run game. Hey, you got to love when a, well, I, I, he's not a second string anymore, but when a second string running back gets you 36.6 points, would you got to love that? Yeah, story 1135 finished in second, and James 03 finished in third. That's uh, story and the real Jay-Z, which we've had on the show before. And this week, Saturday, 12-game slate, just a 12, uh, and sign up to get your free koozie. If you go to our website, uh, www.collegefootballrundown.com, go on the right to the koozie, sign up, go through all the steps, and you're in. Uh, you can win a free koozie, Wojenwall uh, WWCFB koozie, which is awesome. And we'll get more into that 12-game slate as we go through the games for this week. It's going to be a tough one uh, to manage as far as a cash game. Or a little less tough to manage as a tournament, just throwing some picks in there, but it's going to be tough. But let's get to some of those big games last week, Wall. And Georgia Clemson, man, what a defensive showdown, Wall. Well, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right on this one. And this is something the fans have been asking for is to, you know, talk more about the games last week. And, hey, I love doing that, man. I'll talk to you day in and day out about the games last week. We'll watch the games together. I'll still talk about the games last week. That Georgia-Clemson game, Woj, wow. Just wow. I don't know who would have expected that score at halftime. I, no one. And I remember, just remember you saying, I was watching it with you, Wall, and you kept saying – that's a stifling D multiple times. And it was, it was crazy. Georgia just dominated the line. They had six or seven sacks while six of different players made a sack. Six, six. That's what you want to see. You want the coach to see six different people at a sack. Yeah. They were keeping Clemson on their toes. When you see that also, you know, six different players getting sacks. That means you're bringing different pressures. You're bringing outside linebackers, middle linebackers, you know, probably brought the safety a couple of times. They might've even brought the kicker in to go in there and sack him because man, they were playing some defense. Woj. They weren't to be stopped on defense. Yeah. I mean, Georgia lost six DBs since last year uh, to the NFL um, or just left. I'm not sure if all of them went to the NFL or not, but 
losing that many and coming back and being that dominant against, yeah, we understand Clemson's not the same offense they were, but their offensive line hasn't changed much since last year. And they just dominated that. And Georgia's offense didn't look great either. Clemson's D looked pretty good. But their defense stole the show there, Wall. I mean, there wasn't an offensive touchdown, but they, they sure stole the show uh, on defense, no matter if there was an offensive touchdown or not, in my mind. That was just phenomenal. Wall, one Coach, that didn't hey, – go ahead, go ahead. I, I, wanted to, I wanted to, you know, play something for you here. This is a podcast I listen to, Woj. Listen to what these guys were saying about this game before it happened. Just listen right here, Woj. This is going to be an exciting game. I can't wait to watch it. It's super fun. Well, you know, Georgia always gets those turnovers on defense. Which they always get those turnovers, and they turn them into touchdowns, which that's something you got to watch out for every Georgia game, and especially a big one like playing Clemson because that's the game. That decides a game right there, so you got to watch for that. I'm excited to see how well. <laughs> now, that's what I'm talking about, Woj. We're not just spitting off stuff. I said it. I told you. you got to watch out for that Georgia defense getting turnovers that could definitely be the way the game is won. And what happened, Woj? What happened? Uh, the Georgia D won that game, hands down. And if they keep playing like that, they're going to win every game this season, including Alabama. Watch out, Alabama, Wall. Watch out, Alabama. I mean, that game, if Georgia was playing that game against Alabama, Georgia wins that game. Let me tell you right now. If I'm any other quarterback in the SEC right now, I and I have to play Georgia in the regular season, I am shitting my pants right now because, I I mean, a Clemson team, a Clemson team just let seven sacks happen. And, I mean, just imagine what some of these other guys are going to have to deal with. Get those running shoes strapped on because you're going to be running a lot if you're a QB in the SEC against Georgia. Well, let's talk about a game that didn't have very good defense wall, and that's Notre Dame-Florida State, man. Notre Dame's D looked sloppy last week, very sloppy. 264 rushing yards for Florida State against Notre Dame wall. Yeah, well, that wasn't a good game to watch as far as expecting better out of a Brian Kelly coach team. It was not a good game to watch. I mean, Notre Dame did not perform. I do think Notre Dame was, you know, the better team that night, uh, even though they didn't play well, which, you know, Take that what you will if you're Florida State. But, you know, it, again, it wasn't a great great game to watch on the Notre Dame standpoint. But did you see, Woj, you see that UCF quarterback, Mr. Milton, coming in? Yeah. How great of a story was that? How great that of a story a was story. that? That was a story. I mean, he and he played well, and, hey, he didn't he, did he didn't well, care. Yeah. He didn't care. He took the runs. He took the hits. He didn't care. He was out there to yeah. have fun and do his job and try to get his team to win that game. And that, that was awesome. I respect him 100% because of that. I mean, the guy doesn't even – I mean, the guy was not supposed to be even walking well, and the guy's on the football yeah. field and doing awesome. So, hey, props to him. That was awesome. Uh, on the other side of that ball wall was Jake Cohen on the offense. Uh, I don't think – Jake Cohen had a Wisconsin, I don't think Wisconsin had a Jake Cohen problem. I think Jake Cohen had a Wisconsin problem. And I'm not playing him. The guy went 26 <laughs> for 35, 366 yards, four TDs, one interception. While he played his ass off because guess what? They couldn't run the ball worth shit. 65 rushing yards in that game. So Jake Cohen did have to play his ass off and he did. He was definitely a top tier the program's quarterback right there. I mean, he did what he could for Notre Dame to stay in that game and eventually win it. Uh, props to Jake Cohen on that wall. But, uh, again, Notre Dame's D did not fill the 
fill the the mold there for a top, one of those playoff teams. It, it, that was the shining bright spot for Notre Dame there. I mean, he won the game, but that's what you expect out of your starting quarterback. You know, that's why they're such an important and crucial position on the field is because they win you football games or on the converse, they lose you football games. So that was the one bright spot. I agree with you 100 percent. I mean, you look at a 366. Again, we went to a couple overtimes, right, Woach? We went to we, we didn't yeah, settle this yeah. one in regulation. So that's a little something. But still, 26 at 35, four touchdowns. I mean, you're now on the head. That's the one bright spot with Notre Dame. Another bright spot from last weekend wall was our Hawkeyes dominating Indiana. And this is one of those good defenses again, wall three picks, two of which were pick sixes. We made Indiana look like mincemeat out there. We did. Well, this is the best game of the day to watch. I mean, it was good for the pocketbook too, but this is a team, Iowa. I have no idea, no idea what these lines makers were talking about when they put them at minus three and a half because Iowa completely dominated Indiana. You can say, oh, yeah, there were some problems. Which, hey, and where were the blarant problems? Let, let me ask you this. Where was the blarant problem on Indiana? Uh, their quarterback? There you <laughs> go. And you, you could say that. he. Threw, I think he threw a couple picks, Woj, and I think he threw a couple <laughs> touchdowns on those picks. The problem was it was the defense running in, no? Yeah, it was. And, I mean, yeah, they're proud. They're, their offensive line obviously was a struggle to to keep up with Iowa's uh, stifling. I'll use your word, stifling defensive line. Uh, they couldn't hold him, and it made him scramble quite a bit. He wasn't it, 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 he wasn't ready for that, and I don't think Indiana was at all either. And man, and Iowa managed the game. Pietras managed the game. 13 for 28, 5.2 yards per pass. 145 yards passing and 158 yards rushing for the Hawkeyes. The problem with the Hawkeyes going forward, though, is they don't really have, and we'll talk about this when we'll talk about their game this week, but they don't really have a, a set wide receiver. While they don't really have that guy like they have, they've had in the past, like Smith Marset from you know years past, or or any of those guys. They don't have that really good wideout that can go out there and catch balls, but. You know, if they keep playing defense like that, they don't need that. They just need Pietrist to manage the game, and he did. Yeah, you, they can put a garbage can out there on the field. Well, that's what I'm always saying. <laughs> if you've got a defense like Iowa just had week one of the season, you could put a garbage can out there. It can't move. It can't do anything. It doesn't matter, though. You're going to win the football game because of your defense. And, man, we had that one, Woj. That was a, that made me happy. I had alternates on that one. The line was at minus three and a half, but I took alternates at minus five, minus six, minus seven, all the way up to minus nine and a half. So, you know, if I hope you guys are listening to our podcast, and I hope you followed because that was one of the few times where we truly see these handicappers missing it. And it's come to fruition. They missed it, Woj, and it was great for us. Great game to watch, too. Yeah, uh, payday for Wall on that one. But we'll get into this week's game. We got number 12, Oregon, 1-0 at number 3, Ohio State, the Ohio State, 1-0, 11 a.m. on Fox. While this one is, uh, I'm sorry to say, but I don't think Oregon's got a shot in this one. Well, what's the line say? Well, that's that's what the line says, Woj. I mean, 14 and a half, that's, that's telling you, you know, there's, there's not much of a shot over under in this game at 63 and a half. And Woj, I, I really like how you said the Ohio State because it's on Fox. So we're going to be hearing <laughs> a lot of that. But with this line move, Woj, this DK line move, you know, it started at 10 and a half. And there was question marks. And I know the, the real Jay-Z, he's a, he's a big Ducks fan. We were watching the game last week with him on um, Saturday, Oregon game with him. He's a big Ducks fan. But 
he was saying on Thursday, you know, Ohio State wasn't looking too good that first half. He was thinking, oh, this line might move, you know. Oregon might get closer down to a minus seven or something at the time it was sitting ten and a half. You know, that didn't happen. Ohio State came through and trounced them. Now what did we get on Saturday? Well, Oregon, they didn't look so good, did they, Woj? So this line has now moved. It's moved all the way to minus 13, minus 13 and a half in some places. And I want to mention to people, if you look at the DraftKings and you guys go to their stats page, and you look at betting trends, you know, that shows the line movements, you're going to see that that line started off, you know, at minus 13. It's actually, I should, I misspoke, it's minus 14 and a half. You're going to see that line started off at minus 13. That's not the case, Woj. That's not the case. A week and two weeks ago, this game was at minus 10 and a half. So, you know, don't trust those books and the numbers they're giving you. Find a better source. If you want to use our WWCFB.com, use it, go ahead. But you'll see that that line moved all the way from 10 and a half up to 14 and a half, Woj. And that's a, that's a pretty decent-sized move. Yeah, it is a good move. And I and I like our tool on the website, too. It, g- it gives you a, a huge advantage knowing how the lines move for each different each different book. And you can kind of take your your medicine or, or or feed off of that and make your bets. It's, it's an awesome tool. It's good to know. As far as DraftKings goes for this game, while uh, DraftKings is right along with the line, they don't think uh, Oregon's going to score that many points based on the <laughs> based on the salaries here. The highest salary on Oregon right now is uh, is Brown, their quarterback. Uh, he's a mobile quarterback, can score some points, but again, this is this isn't Fresno State who Oregon played last week, Wall. And I know the real Jay Z does not like Brown, and this could be the game that puts him uh, in the bench and brings up another guy for sure. Um, we'll talk about C.J. Stroud here from Ohio State. He looked pretty good last week, Wall. Did he not? I mean, he looked good for a guy just coming out, a freshman. I mean, he did made some smart decisions, did he not? He didn't make bad decisions, Woj, which is the most important thing. But I, first half, he a little shaky, wasn't making the right reads. The offensive coordinator was giving him under routes to get his confidence, which didn't help him look, you know, what a normal quarterback from Ohio State looks. They look, you know, over the top, great passes. They they were making sure he settled into the game. Second half, Woj, you're right. He, he just he started going over the top, making really good passes. They kind of let him loose in the second half, and that's where we saw the talent that is C.J. Stroud. Yeah, I mean, uh, 28.1 points last week. You know, the thing about it was with Ohio State is, man, they shared the ball on the off and the on the running back side of it. And they and they even when the game was tight, they didn't fade away from their play style. They they kept going with the run, and then they looked for that big play over the top with Olave or Wilson. Um, so that's just something to take you know to think about is maybe he won't get those big plays, especially if they're in the lead, but. You know, Oregon did give up 298 yards to a Fresno State last week in the air. Uh, that's not good. Again, again, I talked about that Fresno State offense and how good it could be, and it, it's not bad, but just some food for thought there. If you're going to take somebody else in this game, I would take Garrett Wilson. He got 50% of the targets last week. Uh, Alave only got 27.3, and it looks like Wilson and, and Stroud have made some sort of connection there. The thing is, Wilson dropped a bunch of passes while last week. I mean, he got 11 targets, only caught five, and he did get a touchdown, but he, I mean, I was watching him. He did drop a few, so unless he picks that up, I don't know if I want to fully commit to that. Maybe I'll wait another week, but he's at a good price point at only 5,900 this week in DraftKings, so if you're looking for one of those top-tier possibly top tier uh, wide receivers. Wilson's one of the guys, especially in a cash game, that price point you can't beat at 5,900 for one of those guys. So maybe a cash game play, steer away from an tournament. 
Let's move on to South Carolina 1-0 at Eastern Carolina 0-1. 11 a.m. on ESPN2. Well, I know me and you were texting back and forth in this game. Well, what a disaster at the end for Eastern Carolina. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you're referencing the App State game, I'm assuming, from last week. Yes, not a Friday yes. night, Woj. Was it Friday night that I was, that was so angry? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was either Thursday or Friday night. I can't remember. I think remember. it was Friday. I think it was Friday. It, it might have been, Woj. I was too angry to know the day. I was too angry to know the day, Woj. And the reason we're texting back, and we're in a group here, you know, people are like, what, what do these people keep texting about the East Carolina Appalachian State game? Well, welcome to the rundown. That's what we do. But they gave up, Woj. East Carolina gave up. I mean, there's time left in the game, only down two scores. They're not even trying, Woj. It was disheartening, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, their coach basically told the kids, like, listen, I don't believe in you. We're not going to try to win this game. Like, what? <laughs> All right, well, what, what are you doing as a coach in college football? I don't care what program you coach at. That's not the way you, you do anything. I mean, it, it, was, it was awful to see. They decided not to go. It was just the, the way the game played out was absolutely awful. And it was contradictory, especially at the end of the game when they went for the onside kick when they were like decided they wanted to try again. And it was just, God, it was just a nightmare. Asher's, Alshers, the quarterback for Eastern Carolina, looked like a, he looked like a goose with his head cut off out there while he's just running around <laughs> trying to save for his life. He didn't know what to do. He was terrible. <laughs> while, I mean, God, what a what a terrible yeah. game to watch the ending of last week. Well, but, it was. I think I texted you to that point at one one time. I was like, I, did he just run in a circle? Because I, I, I think in the backfield, he actually, to use the term correctly, literally ran in a circle. He, he ran around in a circle, Woj. And it was it was incredible. I don't, I don't know what Mike Houston was doing over there. You know what? And I, I hope we get a better game out of East Carolina this game. I hope that they go, you know, South Carolina, giving them a match. I, I hope that's what happens here, Woj. Yeah. Uh, I, Eastern Carolina is getting one. It's <laughs> over under 57. I mean, there's some plays to be had here as far as DraftKings goes. Um, Eastern Carolina, I would steer away from a lot of their plays. They spread the ball out too much. They're really random. Uh, one decent play on South Carolina at 4,100. You can get Muse. Uh, one of their wide receivers gets a decent amount of uh, catches. He's one of their guys. So I don't mind that. Joiner also. Another wide receiver at 4,700. It's just both of these programs spread the ball out so much. I mean, it it's just like, for instance, let's talk about running backs on just South Carolina alone. 29.8% for Lloyd, 25.5% for White, 25.5% for McDowell. I mean, it's it's like, okay, well, which one do you pick? Which one's going to be the guy that gets the touchdowns at that point? And it's more or less the same on the other side. Uh, Harris is a little bit cheaper on Eastern Carolina at 5,500 and gets 33.3% of the carries, but he didn't do much last week. He did get 15.5% of the targets, but again, didn't equate to much last week. And I I don't know if it's going to get any better this week. I mean, getting one, I I would almost go with South Carolina, but I mean, maybe their coach decides they want to play this week. Well, yeah, we'll find out. Maybe he changes his mind halfway through the game a couple times, like last game too. I, again, Mike Houston, I don't, I don't really know what he was doing over there. But you know what? We got we got well, something we got to talk about here is we have a Conference USA team playing at home. We have an SEC team coming to visit them in South Carolina 
and we have this East Carolina team plus one only. I, I'm, I mean, what does that say about East Carolina, or what does that say about the SEC? One of the two has to hold true. So, hey, maybe the SEC is not as strong, especially on the bottom, as people talk about week in and week out. This line move, you won't believe it, Woj. It opened East Carolina plus one and a half. You're telling me, hey, hey, well, you just said it's plus one. That's not a big line move. Well, here's what happened, Woj. It opened plus one and a half, moved all the way down to South Carolina <laughs> plus three and a half. I mean, we had the dog flip on us in the middle of the week and beginning of the week, I should say. Now it's moved back up to East Carolina plus one. So we got a lot of differing opinions on this one. Uh, the line move is just baffling to me. You know, maybe somebody knows something about this game and that's what they're betting. But I, I don't know why this line is moving so much. You know, after getting rolled by East Carolina or by Appalachian State, I don't know that I can jump on East Carolina, but I kind of want to. So it, I, I'm a bit torn on this one, Roach. Yeah, I, I don't know if I if I saw that South Carolina plus three and a half, if I was around during that, if I was looking at it, I would have jumped on that wall. I mean, that's East South Carolina getting three and a half against Eastern Carolina. I did just I don't know. Uh, even at home for Eastern Carolina, it doesn't make any sense to me. But we'll move on from that from that game or what could be a mess of a game uh, to Pittsburgh. 1-0 at Tennessee. 1-0. 11 a.m. on ESPN wall. The Volunteers getting three here. We got another SEC team mode getting points. And these guys are at home. Tennessee's at home in this one. I mean, you got Pittsburgh. I think they play in the ACC, Woj. I mean, I watch a little bit of football. I think I'm right. I think they play in the ACC. They're going into an SEC team, and they're dropping three on them. They're giving them three. This is just incredible. Like, quit talking. Let's not talk about the SEC week in and week out, about how good they are when stuff like this is happening. These are people that have money on the line. These linesmakers got to get it right. Let's listen to what they have to say. But in this game, obviously, Volunteers plus three, we just mentioned, over under 57. You know, I, I wish this game wasn't in Tennessee, Woj. I wish it wasn't. If it wasn't and I get this line, I take Pittsburgh all day, every day. But Tennessee being at home, getting that first win at home, they're kind of in the groove. It scares me a little bit to take Pittsburgh in this game. I'm definitely not going to bet on Tennessee. I will not bet on Tennessee all year. You can hold me that to that, Woj. But I'm probably going to stay away from Pittsburgh on this one. I do think they're the better team. You know, I just don't want to bet against that home dog, especially this week. Tennessee beat up on Bowling Green last week. Well, they were at home last week, too, and they, they beat up on Bowling Green. Not a great MAC team, but they, they did beat up on them. So I, I'll stick, I'll stick my, uh, I'll keep my feet in the water on this one. Not going to jump in. Yeah, they beat up Bowling Green by running the ball uh, because they got quarterback Joe Milton uh, with Michigan transfer. And let me tell you, He's not very good. Can't pass the ball over the top whatsoever. It was 47.8% passing percentage last week for 139 yards. He did get a TD out of it, 11 completions on 23 attempts. But he ran the ball a lot. He got a lot of DraftKings points at 25, but uh, 14 attempts and rushing it, 44 yards and two TDs. But here's the thing about Pittsburgh wall, and this is why I really like them going into an SEC town in you know, taking the points and giving it right back. Uh, I'm almost willing to go uh, give Tennessee. I mean, I, I think Tennessee at plus three is is even light. I think I should even be more than that. I don't see how Tennessee is going to score if they can't run the ball because Pittsburgh last year, wall, and they played a full season, last year was third ranked in the FCS in rush defense. And they played Notre Dame, they played Clemson, they played NC State. I mean, they played some decent schools, well, third in the nation. They 
average opponent averaged 93 yards a game. I mean, how is Tennessee going to do anything if they can't run the ball and they can't obviously throw it with Joe Milton over the top? I mean, I it just this is a this is a beyond me. I picked up Pendon Hooker in a, my fantasy draft this year, thinking there's no way they start Joe Milton, and then they go and start Joe Milton. Well, this is the game I think where they go back to Hooker because they realize Milton can't throw anything past 10 yards. Which I was laughing. I think you meant to say the FBS. You said the FCS, which oh, yeah, if they're sorry, in the FCS, FBS, they'd yes, have the yes, third yes. best defense. But <laughs> it is astonishing that they had the third best defense in the FBS. That is something I did not know. And again, with that schedule you mentioned, Notre Dame being the ACC last year, that that is quite surprising to me. I'm I'm very surprised to hear that. Yeah, third best rushing defense. I'll just uh, reiterate that. But third best rushing defense. And uh, yeah, they played Clemson, Notre Dame, NC State. I mean, they played decent schools. That, and they played NC State when they were ranked at the time. So uh, it's not a bad defense. Not really has It hasn't changed much since last year. So I just don't see how Tennessee scores points in this one. How the over-under gets to 57 is beyond me unless Pittsburgh scores a bunch of points. But the implied points and how they have it right now is not sitting right with me, Wall. Hey, Watch. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I agree with you. But we, we can move on. I digress, Watch. Let's move on. All right, we got number five, Texas A&M, 1-0 at Colorado, 1-0, 2.30 p.m. on Fox. We got an SEC team going to a Pac-12 team here, Wall. <laughs> oh, they're moving all around the nation, but this one's the way you'd expect it to be, though. <laughs> Texas A&M's dropping 17 on these guys. There, you got to put down 17 points if you want to take Texas A&M on this one on the spread. Over under a 50, that's a pretty low over under. Last game, Texas A&M, I mean, Kent State, that's probably part of the reason for that low under. Texas A&M did not start off so great, uh, mostly way through the game. It, it was actually a game, uh, Kent State from the MAC, a SEC team playing a MAC team. It, it was way too close. It's closer than it should have been. It really till the, you know, the first half was a 10-3 to 3 score, I believe, and then uh, Texas A&M did end up taking it over in the second half, 31-7 to 7 score in the second half, as I'm looking at it, that was the case. So it might be a little bit of uh, – the Lions makers not wanting to go too high because they did see what Texas A&M did in the first half, but then they don't want to go too low because they saw what Texas A&M did in the second half. So we'll see what Texas A&M shows up here, Roach. I got some DraftKings for this game wall. I got Isaiah Spiller, your boy, running back over there, Texas A&M, 6,700. 17 carries, still lands over 100 yards rushing. Guy never goes below 100 yard rushing. It's very rare. 6.6 yards per carry last week. I, I don't care if Oklahoma's D is better. Isaiah Spiller is the guy, Wall. I love him. And you know who else I love? Aeneas Smith. And DraftKings finally wised up, Wall. They finally did it. A little golf clap. They, <laughs> they finally figured it out. He is not a running back. He is a wide receiver. So he is marked as a wide receiver this week. 31% of the target share last week with nine targets, two TDs, 33.6 points. Mike drop. Guy's good. Can't say enough about him. So I, I, I love Anaya Smith, even at the 7,600 price point. So that's my thoughts as far as drafting goes for that game wall. Hey, Woj, I love your thoughts. I'm going to put Spiller on my team. You know he was already on the team anyways, though. Yeah. All right, we got Big Ten going to the ACC wall. We're just we're moving around here. We're getting around. We got Rutgers, 1-0 at Syracuse, 1-0, 1 p.m. ACC Network. Woj, we're dealing with two undefeated teams here, two undefeated teams, and Rutgers 
and Syracuse. Who would have thought it? I, not me. Let me tell you that. Rutgers <laughs> minus two and a half in this game, Woj, going to play at Syracuse. You know, maybe this is the, the same logic as Pitt, but the better team, you know, is Rutgers. Better team is Rutgers. But they're playing on the road. And I don't necessarily know that when we get to, obviously, these are more, I hate to say bottom Peters. That's not the right Woj. The right word for it, Woj. But they're they're two teams that are on the are bottom sure? of their conference. Are you sure that's not uh, the right word? <laughs> I'm not going to say it, Woj. Even though I already said it, I'm not going to say it. So it, I just don't want to bet against Syracuse, you know, being at home. If this was flipped around, Syracuse was coming to Rutgers. I was getting that minus two and a half, maybe even minus three and a half. I'd definitely take Rutgers. But I just I don't want to bet this week. I don't know why. Something's telling me. Maybe it's my, my spidey senses. But something's telling me this week I do not want to bet you know, the road favorites. I just don't, I'd rather take the home dogs if anything, but in this case, I'm not taking Syracuse. As far as DraftKing goes for this, I'm with you while I'm taking a home team here and I'm taking the run game because Syracuse loves to run the ball and a good mid-tier option here. And he is $100 more than Isaiah Spiller, believe it, believe it or not. But Sean Tucker, the running back for Syracuse at 6,800. Uh, they they like to run the ball. He ran it 25 times last week. So again, Spiller ran it 17. Um, it's one of those things where it's a toss-up. Do you take Spiller or do you take Tucker? But those are the two probably best mid-tier options as far as running backs go. And like I talked about, it's gonna be a tough week with DraftKings with 12 teams and not a lot of wide receivers to go off of. And the, all the quarterbacks are super overpriced. So you know that's just one of those options to look at. Well, I do want to make one other point here on uh, just for DraftKings, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma State. Uh, keep an eye out for Spencer Sanders and Shane Illingsworth. Uh, they're 7,500 for Sp- Sanders. Illingsworth is 74. If Illingsworth plays, I don't like him, but I do like Sanders at the quarterback. That's a cheaper option you can get. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, I think there's a lot of value on Tulsa, especially their wide receivers. Uh, and this is where you're going to need to find some bargain bin kind of guys but i mean i'm looking at guys like stokes uh at 4900 he had 28 percent of the target share last week i mean that's that's a perfect option you have another one johnson wide receiver 3800 on DraftKings. he had another 28 percent of the target share last week so they're going to be down in this game according to the to the books and they're going to need to pass it those are the guys that i would look for to be kind of the the go-to guys as far as Tulsa's wide receiver core uh, might be really good option plays there for tournaments because we're going to need to find some cheaper guys well. Let's move on. Yeah, let's move on to the biggest game of the week, Wall. We got game day at Ames. We got Iowa, number 10, at number 9, Iowa State, on 330 ABC College game day, Wall. Well, it is. And every week, week in and week out, you know, people are like, these guys got to stop saying that Iowa is the game of the week. Whoa, Iowa's the game of the week, baby. You know it, too. I mean, Iowa, Iowa State, how great is this going to be? Iowa jumped all the way up to number 10. You know, we won't talk too much about that dominating performance anymore against Indiana because we talked about it a lot at the beginning of the episode, but it deserved it because it was a dominating performance. Now we got a two top 10 teams. Facing off on ABC, Big Ten versus Big 12. Couple of corn-fed boys going at it. I'm excited. Iowa in this one, plus four, plus four and a half. A little bit of money is actually coming in on Iowa State, which surprises me because 
Iowa State didn't look all that good week one, Woj. Obviously, Iowa did. So you got a lot of money back in that Iowa State team. Definitely not the lines makers that are moving on their own. Over under 46, it's a low one. That's what we come to expect. You want to take Iowa on that money line? If you're one of my boys, you're getting plus 155 for that 100 bet. One offensive TD for Iowa State versus Northern Iowa last week, while 16 to 10. Uh, Brees Hall had the solo rushing touchdown for offense on that. Um, I don't know. Brees Hall getting held to 69 yards on 23 carries, while 23 carries, 69 yards. I know in the long run that gets it done. Uh, but not uh, playing against Northern Iowa, well, uh, it's a little bit different team than Iowa. Uh, spread the ball around quite a bit on the receiving side of the ball, but, I mean, I just don't see Iowa losing at plus four, Wall. That just, even it's in Ames, I get it's game day, this is the biggest, this is the Super Bowl in Iowa, but Iowa's defense looks so good last week, and I don't care what their offense does. If they Iowa State can't score against Northern Iowa, how in the hell are they going to score against Iowa and the Hawkeyes? So, just just I don't I don't understand the odds there. If I bet if I bet Iowa and I was one of those guys that bet my favorite team, I, I would 100% eat that plus four. I think it's even at four and a half in some of the books right now. I would eat that alive. But let's talk about some of their DraftKings plays. Well, we got Sam Laporta, their tight end, 4,300 on DraftKings. And this is cheap. This is one of your easy plays for cash games, tournaments. I don't give a shit what you do. But they only passed the ball. They didn't pass the ball that much last week, but Laporta got 33% of the target share, and he caught almost every single one of those balls. He was solid. He's his go-to, Pietras' go-to guy. I mean, this is this is the guy to look for in your lineups. Uh, he Even as a tight end, they don't have much of a receiving core, um, and he is basically the receiving core at the moment. So we'll see. Hopefully someone steps up. But I just don't get this line wall. What What is it with Iowa? No, and Iowa doesn't get a lot of respect normally from the books, but that's why they cover, you know, more than 50% of their games year in and year out. So I, I bet on Iowa week one. Again, I, I only bet on Iowa once a year, so I'm done, unfortunately, until the Bulls. But I I, I might. I mean, if, if I had my bet open, this is something I might look to do. I, I don't care about the plus four. I don't give a shit about the plus four, Woj. I'm taking the plus 155 if I was doing anything. I want Iowa to win this game. As we're talking, we think they're a better team. Who cares about plus four in this one? If you are thinking about it, you know, take plus 155 on Iowa. I like it, Wall. I like it. On to our last game, Wall. Little night game here. We got Washington, another Pac-12, coming to the Big Ten, playing at the Big House in Michigan, 1-0, 7 p.m. on ABC. But just as a spread at the beginning of the year before the games even started, they had this up. You and I actually talked about it once or twice. You said how Washington was going to come here and crush Michigan in the big house. You're telling me, oh, the Pac-12 is so much better than the Big Ten. Well, Woj, when I was listening to you talk like that, what I did is I jumped on there and I took Michigan minus three and a half because I, I knew that line wasn't right. I assumed Michigan would come out strong. Didn't know about Washington, but I did assume Michigan would come out strong which they did. They ran away with the win over Western Michigan. That moved this line all the way to, you know, Iowa. Right now, Michigan's minus seven. Washington's plus seven. That's a full touchdown. 
big difference between three and a half and seven. So I'm happy with the three and a half I got it at. I'm a little bit disappointed you're such a Pac-12 fan and you don't care about the Big Ten. I'm a little disappointed in that fact. Hey, 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 hold on there. <laughs> I'm not a Pac-12 fan. That's the real Jay-Z. I'm a Big Ten fan yeah. through and through, and Michigan has let me down and Hardball's let me down too many times. I'm still taking Washington in this one because I can't stand hardball, and I don't think hardball can pull it off, even at home against a Washington team that didn't do so hot wall. It did. They, I mean, well, not only did they not do so hot, they didn't do so hot to a Montana team. So right, right now what you're telling me is that Michigan is worse <laughs> off than Montana, that 7-13 to loss that Washington had last week, you know. I, that was one of those games where I thought they'd kind of squeak by, kind of like Oregon did, you know. They're not doing well, but you just expect at the end of the game they're going to win. It, it it didn't happen. There was a big stop for Montana that was forced to punt, you know, inside of eight minutes in the fourth, I think. And from there, Montana just took over. They got an interception after they scored the next drive. It, it didn't happen. Washington never came back. They just did not look like a good football team, and they were not able to win, which good teams just find a way to win. They did not find a way to win. They didn't find a way to win, but Hardball will give them. He'll he'll hand it over. He'll, he'll have like a golden plate and say, here's the win. Win the game, and they'll win the game. Um, I'm not saying they're going to win the game, and Michigan might win, but Hardball gives me too many options to throw games and getting seven points. Um, even in the big house, I'm going to take Washington on the seven points. I'm probably not, not going to bet this, but – uh, again, hardball just I can I can just see him like lights shining and him handing over a plate and says, "Here's the win." <laughs> that picture was well drawn, Woj. Well drawn in my mind. All right. Well, last week we did good. We both uh, we both won. You had Iowa minus three. I had Fresno State plus twenty one. And uh, we're looking to go 2-0 and this week. Well, I, I'm taking Pitt minus three because I just don't see how Tennessee is going to score uh, if they can't run the ball, and they're not going to run the ball against Pitt. Butch, I, I mean, we talked about that game, so you know my opinions on it. I, if Pitt were home, that's, that's something I'm hammering, Butch. I'm hammering it all day, but, you know, I'm going to avoid that one myself. I, I wish you good luck. I wish you well, Butch. On my side of the ball, I was actually thinking of taking Army minus seven, Butch. But I'm going I'm to change that up. They're playing Western Kentucky. I just don't know enough about Western Kentucky, and I don't know enough about the MAC this year to, you know, put my Woja Wall pickup on the line for that. So I'm going to take the Oklahoma State over at 51. And that's going to that's going to that's going to put you cheering for me, Woj, because I, I think from what I heard, uh, you're yes. going to put Ellingsworth on your team. Right. Uh, no, Aylensworth will not be on my team. But Spencer oh, Sanders, on, if he's if he, Spencer Sanders starts and it looks like he will, that is a great overwall. I like it because Tulsa is going to score some points. I think Spencer Sanders is going to come out firing, do his Spencer Sanders things. Uh, that's a good overwall. I, I like your bet. I really do. I'm probably going to bet it for sure. I like my Pittsburgh bet better, though, because, again, how is Tennessee going to score points if they if they can't get the ball from point A to point B? And that's that's just not going to happen, Wall. Hey, well, we'll see, we'll see. But hey, I I just I'm putting my pick them there. I I told my I told my I told my alternate too. So now people have two two ways to bet what Wall's betting this week. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can catch us on Twitter at WWCFB. Our Instagram's college underscore football underscore rundown. Our website, which you can get all our podcasts and information and contact me and Kyle on, 
is collegefootballrundown.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm Woj. I'm Walt. And this was the College Football Rundown. We're out. We're out.